everyone, I'm Tony Lontis and this is the Everyday Business Show. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because if I fail, that means I fail for my entire female nation, I call it. <laughs> is that possible? That was a question for myself. It is absolutely possible. Good afternoon, Australia. Good evening, America. And welcome to everyone listening across the planet. I'm your host, Tony Lontis, and this is the Everyday Business Show, your weekly dose of all things business, life, and universe. And I'm incredibly excited about our show today. Now, before we get on with it, if you're listening live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, we have the lovely combo team of Renee and Peo ready and waiting to respond to your comments, questions, and provide you with links about anything we talk about today. A reminder too that you can jump on and listen to previous shows anytime you want by jumping on to our YouTube channel, Tony Lontis. And as I mentioned last week, we're trying to hit that 25k subscriber uh, barrier. And so I would love you to subscribe if you're listening. We would really appreciate you jumping onto the channel and subscribing. A reminder too that you can find follow-up shows on Binge Networks USA, Zondra TV Networks USA, Hero Go, Paz and Tony TV. And in the next little while, you will also be able to find them on the Everyday Women's Network Global Streaming TV as well. But more about that when I return from my little break away from the business show. Now, each and every week we do something that's incredibly important and dear to my heart, and it's part of an international movement that acknowledges the special and important role Indigenous communities play in our cultural identity. So I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugamba language region on the Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and I broadcast from. And I want to pay my respects to the elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people here listening today. Now, the title of our interview today is called Healing the Feminine Wound Around Power and Money. And I get the delicious delight of sharing with you my ethereal guest, Dawn Morningside. Now, here's what you need to know about Dawn. Dawn Morningside, uh, sorry, Morningstar. Forgive me, Dawn Morningside. Dawn Morningstar, and that's her given name, people, was raised by her grandmother, Rosie, who taught her to be kind, tenacious, and self-empowered. Dawn is an award-winning author, master coach, podcast host, educator, TEDx speaker, former radio talk show host, and devoted advocate for women's self-empowerment. Since her book, 
Venerable Women, Transform Ourselves, Transform the World, was published in 2016. Dawn has spoken to groups of all sizes over 1,200 times indeed. After coaching women for 30 years, Dawn founded Venerable Women in 2013 and was most recently co-founded something that we're going to talk about today called New World Women with Mecca Page and Sean Vugot. And I'll have to ask Dawn if that's correct pronunciation of her beautiful surname. Both organizations teach women to be kind, tenacious, and self-empowered. New World Women expands women's consciousness and increases their prosperity using a very unique model, paying women to practice self-care, learn new things, stay inspired, and help others. At this point, there is no model like it anywhere in the world. One of Dawn's greatest journeys to higher consciousness began in 2015 when she spent 21 days of silence at Ikam in India. And she has been trained by the masters at this uh in, in this environment, and now she fully shares that she wants to end human suffering and help all people live in a beautiful state of being. Living in a beautiful state is possible through conscious awakening of the feminine principles of love, kindness, collaboration, inclusion, and compassion, which are present within each person. And that's Dawn's quote that we're going to start the day with. Welcome to the show, Dawn. I hope I didn't mess up that introduction too much. It was extraordinary. Thank you so much, Tony. I am very, very grateful to be here with you and filled with joy. I think that the concepts that we want to talk about today are incredibly important for women across the globe and equally important for the men that support women to live their greatest life. And so I wanted to start with talking about healing the feminine wound around money and power, because I've got my own personal stories around this, but I want to hear from you, Dawn. I want you to guide us through this topic so that we understand what the feminine wound is and why it's important that we talk about it. Absolutely. So during my 35 years of coaching women, I saw patterns that kept repeating over and over, excuse me, in regard to women and their own power, um, as well as challenges with money, prosperity, and finances overall. Even the women that I worked with who made a lot of money, like CEOs, lawyers, doctors, and many other women, they either had fear around losing their money or they ended up giving more of their money away than they should have. Helping others, for example, to a point where they weren't left with enough money themselves or in some cases, yeah, they made unwise investments and the list goes on and on. And In some cases, women stayed in damaging or 
disrespectful relationships for financial reasons. I'm sure we've heard that before. And women I've also done that. Yes, yes, I did too. Mm. And sometimes women would stay in jobs that didn't honor their gifts at all. And so, yeah. And so in many cases, women had extremely valuable gifts or talents that they wanted to offer that would be very helpful in the world. But then they would feel really uncomfortable charging for their services or products, or they saw a conflict between money and whatever gift it was that they were bringing forth. Mm. And in some cases, they were so focused on their own survival that they didn't even examine or explore what gifts or talents they did have. And this is a loss to all of us Mm. and certainly to her. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I think that uh, for women to be living empowered lives that actually correlates with our finances and our life abundance. So women that can work within their gifts and have the financial abundance to do so live incredibly happy and fulfilling lives. And that has a ripple effect across the globe, doesn't it, Dawn? Absolutely. You know, um, in New World Women, we really believe that the world needs women give women's gifts now more than ever before. Oh, absolutely. You know, and we intentionally created a way for women to feel very valued and supported and to receive financial rewards for taking care of themselves, for learning new things, for staying inspired and for being in community with like-hearted women. And, you know, you made a good point before. I'm talking, you know, women, women, women. Um, And that's because that's been my area of focus for my entire professional life. Um, But it's not anything to do with women over men. It's nothing like that at all. I mean, that's you know, uh, patriarchy hasn't worked and matriarchy won't work. It's really, um, Rianne Eisler talks about linking the two, linking the masculine and the feminine. And I think that's where we're really going to see some progress. And, you know, the wound that I refer to that really needs to be healed is centuries old, right? Women in many cases weren't allowed to have control of any kind over their money or resources or property. And in some respects, women were really treated like property or like children, right? Mm. Absolutely. I don't, I just wanted to share with you, I've been listening to an amazing book called uh, You Are a Goddess by Sophie Bashford. Yes. And uh, every time I listen to it, there's some little nugget that triggers my imagination and and thought process and yesterday I was listening to a little bit where she was talking about Lilith and Lilith Lilith has bad press she has bad marketing (laughs) like even Pandora too right (laughs) I know and I hadn't and and it triggered for me the thought that powerful women who don't uh, react or behave in a certain way are given bad connotation. And, and I too acknowledged immediately I had a bad connotation 
about Lilith, but when I heard her story explained in a different way, that she was the original partner for man, and apparently man, and this is the way she explained it, and I paraphrase, mm-hmm. she said that he went back to Jehovah God, uh, the creator, and said, I-, I want someone who's a little more submissive, and so he got Eve, and it <laughs> struck me. I'm like, oh, wow, I've mm-hmm. not ever heard it explained that way yeah. and suddenly I fell in love with the concept of Lilith because she was a powerful seductress and and she had a a purpose and and I just it's changed the way I've been thinking the last couple yes. of days because being an empowered and strong woman it shouldn't impact on men in a way that they feel diminished need to accept less it should actually complement them and create an even bigger whole is the thought that i thought dawn so i and we have lost that over millennia and then she sort of went on to explain that back millennia ago women were were celebrated for their unique feminine gifts the fact that we do things differently, think differently, that we're intuitive, that was all celebrated. And I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> we've really gone off the rails. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. And, you know, you, you bring up a good point um, about power. And this is something I've thought about for many years. And I've concluded that the way I feel most comfortable around the idea of power is when we think of power as power within and power with one another, right? Not power over. Power over others is hurtful and disrespectful and harmful. And we surely have seen the effects of that in many ways. Wouldn't you agree? We have. Absolutely. It's it's rife. And, And the other thing that occurred to me was the undervaluing of women's knowledge. Yes. And our innate wisdom and those things around healing and nurturing and how those caring ideals have been misaligned and thought of of less than when in fact they are equally powerful components of human nature because they have capacity to heal at greater levels than we've ever seen so i think that we need more women healing and working within those powerful gifts that they've been given i also from sophie's book took away that whole idea that women were the original healers they were the original doctors they were the original using energy and hands and herbs to heal people and i was just the more i Listen, the more I'm like, oh, wow, and I'm I'm a woman. I'm of yeah. that generation. And I suddenly felt innately better about life. Yes. yes. And um, women were spiritual leaders too, right? Yes. And women were the cooks. And then it switched over and then there were only male chefs for a long, long time, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, The other thing that I think about a lot is the fact that um, many people um, would say that patriarchy was good for men, 
I don't really think that it was. I don't think um, so either. I used know, to think. I did too, yeah. Mm, but I, I don't. Being bad. Yeah, bad I don't. For men. Right. I think it doesn't really honor men because there's that missing piece, right? Mm-hmm. The piece that um, a woman or the feminine divine or however you want to think of it, those feminine attributes can bring. And mm-hmm. then everything works better. You know, I think about learning about the um, symbol um I guess some people might call it the Jewish star or the star of David. And if you look at that, there are, you know, there's the inverted triangle and that symbolizes the feminine Feminine. and then the masculine is the opposite. Right. But together look at what they create. We've just been missing that, that piece, you know, either without the other isn't as good. It doesn't work, does it? And and Mm -hmm. I always try and preface these conversations with this is not to denigrate men. This is actually one to empower women, but to encourage men to embrace leadership in a way that is nurturing and healing as well because each of us have both masculine and and, and feminine attributes and simply by recognizing the power in their innate feminine traits we change the world don't we so things like if you think about the big things like war and war is, is is a constant in people's minds there would be no war if the man instigating the war had caring and healing feminine traits encouraged within him because no one would consciously desire to kill people in massive amounts as a power grab. Do you know what I mean? Like, Most definitely. Um, It would be unthinkable, you know, In, in in my book, I, I I write like a it's a lot of facts about women in history and how women have been forgotten and all of that. But I wrote a little piece that was kind of like a fable, and it was where everyone had their purpose and everyone mm-hmm. was honored for what they did, and there was no word for war in this fable because and it, it simply be. didn't exist. It didn't mm-hmm. exist. It's like, what, why would we do that? That makes no sense. And to this day, it still doesn't make sense, but it it's still happening. It's still I happening. I agree. I agree. And, and that's something that I think the empowerment of women has the capacity to change and have influence over are those higher level con- conversations that higher level influence because I'm sure if there was a woman within uh, Putin's space that felt empowered enough to tap him on the shoulder and go, hey, Vladimir, I don't think this is what we should do. This is not the way to unite your country. This is not a way forward. But women are so disempowered that they may not have had the courage or the strength to do that. And that's a sad thing for the global community. It certainly is. And I think about that in regard to uh, world religions, too. If we think mm. of Catholicism, I was raised Catholic. And yeah. um, I just feel that if there were some women in power in the Catholic Church, just as an example, 
um, I don't believe we would have seen the horrific Agreed. things that we've seen because Agreed. they would have just said, no, we're not doing this. This is wrong. Agreed. And uh, yet, if a woman's not given a place at the table to be an influencer, then, mm-hmm. you know, it, it continues on the way that it has been, as you said, for millennia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's time to change now, isn't it, Dawn? Yes. Which brings me to new world women. And I yeah. wanted to ask you today, there's six wealth ways that your organization focuses on. Can you tell the audience about those, Dawn? Absolutely. Um, when Mecca Page and Sean Vujot and I were creating New World Women, we recognized this that some women have the idea of wealth in a very distorted way. And we wanted them to be more comfortable with not just that word, but to really show them how wealth comes in many forms. It's not just money, although money is essential in our times. Mm-hmm. We need money to live. So when um, we took a look at the different areas in a woman's life, that if she was firing on all cylinders in those areas, her life would be immensely better. And by mm-hmm. the way, when women do better, so does everyone, everyone does them, better, right? Agreed. It's just a given. And, you know, there's a saying, I don't know if you have it there in Australia, but if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. There's a, an old song here in the, in the United States. And um, so that's really important for, and so what does that mean for a woman to be happy? I'm not talking surface happy. I'm talking that inner Deep. happiness. Right. And so, yeah, so the wealth ways, um, we created the acronym um, and they are wisdom, enjoyment, abundance, love, tranquility and health. So just imagine firing on them. Yes. All All cylinders in all six of these areas. Imagine what life would be for anyone. And that would make each woman's life better, but also make it possible for her to help others. Because if we don't have what we need internally, we may, you know, make the effort to help others, but it's from, you know, uh, not a place of a full well, but sometimes an empty well. Mm. And so when we were choosing our New World Women teachers in our New World Women Academy, we call them luminaries. Isn't that a great name for our teachers? Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And it was funny because when I met with a few of them, and these are very accomplished women, one of them said, well, I don't I don't know if I feel comfortable being called a luminary. That's like a really big word. I said, yes, and your teachings are really big. And so luminaries it is. And so we have a variety of teachers from all over the world who share unique teachings and perspectives in these six areas, in these six wealth ways. Phenomenal. I love it. I have to say that since I've been introduced to Dawn and and New World Women, every time I go on the website, I find something else that I just, (laughs) just resonates with me and just makes me go, oh, wow, that's so good. So Dawn, I'm curious to know how you came up with the idea to pay women to take care of themselves, to help others, to learn new things and to stay inspired because it's a completely different way of thinking and one that 
has such power to change the way that women think about themselves. So where did that idea come from? Well, Mecca, Sean, and I knew from the beginning that we wanted to support women in their own self-empowerment. We we immediately knew, based on our experience in working with women, that women love to learn new things, don't we? We love to learn new yes. things. We love to stay inspired. You yes. know, we're always reading the next book that's going to help us be better parents or better individuals or whatever it may be. And women also are really finding out that they love being in community. Um, There was a myth for many years that says that, um, you know, women are catty and they don't work well together. But those days are dissolving, I'm happy to say. We haven't seen... They should be out the door. Out the door, exactly. And so... Um, what I have found is that women are actually craving community uh, because uh, we've been, many of us have been doing life on our own in yes. like this little silo, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, when women find other like-minded women or like-hearted women, it makes it easier for them to um, really expand into their own fullness because they feel understood and heard and supported. And so, uh, you know, with all of my years of working with women individually in groups, I already knew that teachings, inspiration, and community would be very welcomed by women. I knew that. Mm. But then the three of us also knew that the missing piece was having economic sufficiency. Mm. And so we spent literally hundreds of hours trying to figure out how we could do that. We tried all different kinds of ideas. We tried the idea of profit sharing and multi-level marketing and affiliate marketing and decided that none of those were quite right for what we were trying to do. So we held the spiritual vision for what we were trying to do. And we start every single one of our meetings with a meditation, inviting the universal intelligence to help us. And sure enough, we landed on a model that We have not found it anywhere in the world. It's very unique and very exciting. And so um, it's, you know, for to learn more about it would take much longer than we have. But I can tell you that what it does is um, it has women begin to start paying attention to their own self-care, the ways Mm -hmm. that they help others learn new things stay inspired, stay engaged with the community. And for each of those actions, women will be paid. And it's a very unique way how that we uh, decided to do that. So women pay a small monthly fee to receive live teachings from these top teachers, our luminaries. And then Mm -hmm. from that money and other sources of income that we're generating, we pay them to learn new things, to be inspired, and to help others. And again, there's nothing else like it in the world that we have found. I would agree. I've talked to many people um, and I've not heard of another model that's the same, but I actually believe that it will be life-changing and 
uh, and give you and the team such an ability to impact the future. Dawn, I believe that the next 10 years for women in particular are powerful. The next decade is where we have the capacity to change the trajectory of humankind and it must happen. We cannot leave future generations to inherit the world in the state that it is at the moment. And that goes across many, many things. It starts with leadership and it trickles right down to the way that we treat our planet. And all of those things are incredibly important. So women are inherently nurturing and caring. And so that nurturing and caring needs to be felt across the globe. People need to understand that that's what we need now and what we need going forward otherwise our grandchildren are not going to inherit the world that we want them to are they no they won't they really won't and we also really wanted women to understand that these things that they do these beautiful gifts that we bring to the world they hold value you know i i just remember many years ago being told that, you know, if I did something kind or sweet or um, forgiving, that it would be like, oh, that's woman stuff. That's, you know, and, and it was kind of like brushed off like it was weak. And I it should be human stuff. Great, yes, it's human it stuff. Human and stuff. These are our greatest gifts. And the fact that they've been missing for such a long time to the degree that they need to be is really um, been, you know, that's created the world that we're in right now. So in order to shift that, we have to shift many things. And this is one possibility. You know, we knew that women wanted better. And that became our um, little tagline is ready for better. We are ready for better relationships. We're ready for better financial lives. We're ready for better um, futures for our children and grandchildren. We're ready for better treatment of our dear mother earth. I just looked outside to my favorite tree out there and that's what we're ready for. And so let's do it, right? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Now, Dawn, New World Women um, is actually launched or is it still in pre-launch? Remind We're me. in pre-launch right now, but that hasn't stopped us. We have many women who have already I know. Yes, yes. Yes, we are having um, our software and mobile app developed. Um, the software is complete. The mobile app is in development right now. And we're doing beta testing over the summer to make sure that everything works just the way that we envision. And so we will launch in September. But <gasps> but many women have prepaid for their own subscriptions. And that's oh. given us the seed money to to... Yeah, to create our software and and mobile app to have those developed. And we call those our founding mothers. And women can still become founding mothers to... That was my next question. Yes. You've still got vacancy for not only founding mothers, but also to pre-purchase their subscriptions as well, Dawn. Um, well, the subscriptions won't go live until we launch for individuals. Yes. Yes. But if women want to prepay their subscription for a year or two years, mm. we have several women who have prepaid for 10 years. 
because they see the power of this vision. And that just brings us so much joy. I mean, we know in our hearts, Mecca, Sean, and I do, that this is an extraordinary way to help the whole world. Mm -hmm. And we were so happy to see so many other women say, yes, I get this and I want to be a part of it. So, yes, Mm -hmm. they can become founding mothers. Anyone can become a founding mother um, through uh, September. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And so last time I spoke to you, you were hoping for September. And now it sounds like it's definitely going to be September when you launch. Well, fingers crossed, you know, (laughs) the the beta testing is a lot more complex than we thought it would be. And uh, like I said, we don't want to bring this beautiful, beautiful offering to the world. We we don't want to bring it out half-baked. And so we feel that it's important to do the beta testing. And we're doing that in a very unique way, too. We're giving um, our founding mothers, like, monopoly money or play money uh, to show them how this will all work when we actually (gasps) launch. And then they get the real money. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Isn't that fun? (laughs) That is incredibly fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Dawn, I just wanted to reflect on that amazing three decades where you've worked with women in Mm -hmm. the self-empowerment space. And I'm curious to know if you can reflect and just let me know some of the key things that you find in working with women over that time that they've had the most success from changing what are those things well I would have to say the very first thing that comes to my mind is the women who through coaching or other means Mm -hmm. um, who end up living their passion doing what they know they came here to do they are the happiest women and they are the most successful women You know, sometimes um, women would hold back and say, well, I make a lot of money at my job now. And if I do this other thing, I might not be able to have the income. And Mm -hmm. so some of them, you know, stayed in their jobs while they were starting something else. But then when they really got into what they came here to this earth to do and did it, the money came and they became very successful. And that has really been beautiful to witness. I love that part of coaching the most is witnessing women just blossom open and have the lives that they maybe sometimes earlier on didn't think they could have. But when they have that good support, and then build up their own self-confidence as they go, then everything changes for them. You know, there's a, um, uh, a quote that is attributed to Jesus in the Lost Gospels of Thomas, where yeah. Jesus supposedly said, um, bring forth that which is within you, and it will save you. Do not bring forth that which is within you, and it will destroy you. And I have seen some of the most unhappy people in my life are people who had something that they wanted to do in the world and they just didn't do it. And then Mm -hmm. their lives are not very happy. Dawn, what are some of the things that hold women back? From Mm. your experience, what are some of the key things that hold women back? Well, I would say that self-worth plays um, a role. 
a lack of self-worth holds women back many times. Um, they don't believe in themselves. And um, so that can really hold them back. A lack of finances can hold them yes. back. It can keep yes. them, in, like I said yes. earlier, in relationships that are not really good for them. In yes. some cases, not good for their children either, or in jobs that really just don't honor them in any way. So that can hold women back is that lack mm-hmm. of um, Mecca, Sean, and I call it economic sufficiency, where women have yeah. what they need. And, you know, yes, it would be great if everyone could be wealthy, 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 and that's a great goal to have. But it's it's more about having what, what you, you need. actually need. And then with some left over to share. That's that's mm. how I think of, of wealth. Because sharing is important, Dawn. It's yes. not about getting to that point where you have financial sufficiency. It's also about the ability to give back. So oftentimes yes. for me, it's that ability to give back and be generous that yes. drives me further, faster than the economic sufficiency, which discovering that or realizing that was quite changing for me um, because I'd gone, you sort of pivot from a focus on finance to a focus on, but what if I just did this and then I could give back to this? So for lots of women, it's about that ability to give and be generous, isn't it? Yes, it is, because that's in our hearts. We love that. We love to be able to do that. And it's a good thing. I I write about that in my my book, Venerable Women, Transform Ourselves, Transform the World, that, um, you know, gratitude and generosity are the great multipliers. You know, they multiply every other thing. They multiply joy. They multiply connection. And so the more of that that we can do and feel comfortable doing, the better it is for everyone involved. And, you know, it's, uh, I did mention earlier, because this is one of the things I saw a lot in my coaching is Uh women gave money away that they really could not afford to be giving away. But they did it because it was in their hearts. But then the woman ended up suffering and not being able to meet her own Uh, needs and that's not good either definitely definitely um one of the other things that i wanted to touch on with your permission today is the fact that um you were abandoned by your mother at nine months of age and you were brought up by your grandmother and um who was very kind and loving and and you were very blessed to have her in your life but it did cause you to seek and need counseling um, from a very young age. I'm wondering if you can reflect on that for us, Dawn, because I, in my own story, I wish that I'd sought counseling in my 20s versus my 40s and 50s because (laughs) it would have had such a dramatic change. And when I read your story and know that you did that from quite a young age, I think your early teens, you started to seek out help for that. Um. What was it that happened when you sought to heal that suffering and confusion you felt? Well, um, I'm I'm very blessed in that I had um, 
a wonderful um, um, nun, a sister at my school where I went, who was very helpful to me and gave me spiritual guidance. So I had that piece. I had great faith in my life, and I still do. And so that really helped me. And then having professional therapy helped. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up finding out about life coaching. I had never heard of it before. And this was a little later on. But I loved the model of life coaching so much because it really encourages people to access their own inner wisdom rather than somebody telling you what you should do. So I really liked that. And those things helped me greatly. And then um, I ended up when I was 16 years old, um, my, my mother's sister. Now, mind you, all these years, I had never had any contact with my mom. Yes. She lived pretty close to where I lived. And so that was very painful, you know, never oh, a, a Christmas present or a visit or anything like that. But my mom's sister, Mary, was in my life. And I was so grateful for that. And, um, and then she was killed in an auto accident when she was just 25. And so my dad asked me if I was going to go to her funeral. And I said, of course, I'm going to go, dad. Mm -hmm. And he said, but you need to think about this because your mother will be there. Mm -hmm. And that was a very big decision to make because I didn't want my grandmother to think that I was not grateful to her for all she had done for me. And I also thought how excruciatingly painful it would be if I walked into that funeral home and she rejected me. So I stayed up all night that night. I prayed. I prayed all night long until I finally got the answer to go. And I borrowed a dress from a neighbor who had much better clothes than I did. And I (laughs) went to the funeral home and I walked in and I scanned the room and mostly everyone in there knew that my mother and I had not been in each other's lives. And I saw my mother standing by the casket and I walked up to her and I said, hi, mom, I'm Dawn. And so my mom and dad, who had been apart for many years, the three of us went out to dinner that night and three months later, they got remarried and they stayed together <gasps> until they died. Yeah. Oh. And dad died in 2007 and mom died in 2008. So, oh, wow. you know, it's like, I feel like a lot of that help that I got earlier helped me to have the confidence to do something that bold. Mm-hmm. And um, it certainly made a difference. And the other thing I want to say, Tony, because I think this is really important for everyone to think about is Sometimes those big, hurtful things that happen earlier in our lives can, in fact, lead us to Mm -hmm. a gift that we can give to the world. And that's what happened for me. I had very low self-esteem, even though I was loved and cared for. And that led me on a path of helping women to uncover their own self-worth. Definitely. Dawn, can I ask the reason why mum wasn't in your life? Was it that she was too young when she had you? Yeah. Can I ask the circumstances? Yeah, am I, it's, it's a really sad story, but it does help us to understand. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all seek is to understand, right? Yes. And so um, my, my mom my mom's dad owned a very famous restaurant in Baltimore, Maryland, an Italian mm-hmm. restaurant. Well, Sicilian, he was from Sicily. Yeah. And, um, and my grandmother 
had five children and my mother was one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, this is my mom's mom. My dad's mom, Rosie, is the one who raised me. But um, anyway, my, my grandfather, Vittorio, um, he died very suddenly. And my grandmother did not know how to run the business. And she got very taken advantage of and Aww. lost the business. She had no way to support herself and the children. And so she did the thing that somebody would do back in those days, back in the forties and fifties is mm-hmm. she remarried immediately. And the man that she married was um, a molester, a child molester, and he molested the children. And when he got to my mother, um, she went and told her mother and her mother put her in a reform school and blamed <gasps> my mother. My mother was 12. She was 12 Aww. years old. So my mother was in this terrible, terrible reform school for wayward girls, even though mom wasn't wayward. And, um, and so she literally escaped by climbing over the wall when she was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And she met my dad a couple of weeks later, and they got married. And I was born nine months and one week later. And so so she yeah. was still very young, young like, and, so young. you know, very unhealed. Can you imagine um, having your own mother um, turn on you like that yes. and then punish yes. you for the yes, actions of a, yeah. so yeah, you, you do understand. And so, um, so yes, she was too young. They were both too young. They both had issues they had not healed in their lives. And, um, and so my mother didn't want me to grow up like she did. And she didn't have a way to support me when she and dad. That's um, a courageous decision. Yes. So she thought she was doing the best thing. And she thought that by coming to see me, that that might be more painful for me because, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's how that was the story there of what happened. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a powerful uh outcome though when when you see the story as a whole unfold and i'm so glad that that's your story because it now leads us back to new world women and the fact that it will be an online on-demand academy for women to be taught by the best in the world your luminaries so to (laughs) speak Um, I love that word luminaries because it just gives a bit more clarity around that they're they're more than teachers, they're more than educators, that they come from a deeper level of wisdom, knowledge and understanding. And um, I've been reflecting on a number of things um, lately and one of those was about embracing change as we age as women. And to hear... um, women called uh, crones or those sorts of words I used to think was quite derogatory and I've actually swapped that to think actually no that denotes a life lived and a wisdom that can be passed on to younger generations and I'm wondering Dawn if that sits behind the whole concept of new world women is about transferring that knowledge base that wisdom and that understanding to further generations because we don't do it so well now do we it, it, you're, you're absolutely right, Tony. Um, having um, these luminaries, they're, they're women of all ages, really, mm-hmm. but the majority of them are 
I would say 40 and older, which is, yes. they say that's when women, when we come into our, into wisdom. our own. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so that has been, um, very much in our hearts to have women share their knowledge. And, you know, the other part of being a luminary is sharing their light. They're sharing mm-hmm. their light and shining light on different areas of women's lives. And exactly. so, and so that's exactly in our hearts and minds to do that is to have women share what they've learned from a lifetime of experience and, you know, of, of learning themselves and then passing that on to future generations. Definitely, definitely. And so, and I, again, going back to the concept that you want to promote in New World Women is about financially rewarding women to practice self-care, help, generosity, and to stay inspired. I can't wait to see what develops in this based on because it's just such a beautiful new way of looking and at we as women and for valuing women for who they are. Um, and I agree, there's no other model like it in the world, is there? Not that we have found. I don't know that it'll stay that way because I think some other people might say, oh, this is a great idea. But you know what? We're not about competition. We're about collaboration. We believe that there's plenty of everything for everyone. And, you know, we know that there will be women who will always be attracted to us because of the spiritual intention that we hold for this. We believe that's very important. A spiritual intention is different than a goal. A goal Mm -hmm. is always in the future somewhere. Mm -hmm. A spiritual intention is something that you want to manifest in the world using your gifts. And you do that from a beautiful state of being. I've just got goosebumps and chills as you've said that, Dawn, that that's a beautiful way of looking at things, not only for the community that you want to create, but for individual women to start setting a spiritual intention around their life. It can be powerfully life-changing for them to do that, can't it? It definitely can. And I want to give credit where credit is due. I learned that from my teachers in India. They were the ones who first taught me about that. And by the way, for me to stay quiet and not talk for 21 days... I was that just, that, is, that was my neck. That was my last question. <laughs> that was my last question, Dawn. How on earth did you manage in speaking of India? I was just in the last three minutes wanted to reflect on your journey in India. So many people I know have had powerful spiritual experiences in India and India's on my bucket list. So I have yes. never been to India. Can you tell me for other people who haven't experienced India, what is it? What is that spiritual goodness that seems to just come from India and people have these powerful experiences? And what was it like not talking for 21 days? (laughs) Well, I guess I would say that India has been at this for a long time in regard to Mm -hmm. spirituality, right? For a long, long time. And the Indian people are so dear and loving. And so, yes, I, I really loved my experience there. And 
not talking for 21 days was explained to me the reason that we do that. It's a practice called Mauna, M-A-U-N-A. And that's so that we can take these things that we're learning. I was taught by enlightened monks. We can take what we're learning and the self-examination that we do and really take an inward journey rather than talking to our friends about it, because then it can get watered down and we may miss a very important message for our lives. Dawn, did it involve journaling and writing in conjunction with what you were learning? Yes, I have three, four notebooks completely filled from that one month in India. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, yes. Wow. Yes, wow. and I'm not the biggest journaler in the world now. I've gone through stages in my life where I was, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but that was a really wonderful way to capture what I was feeling. And they would ask us, you know, reflection questions and then teach us all these amazing practices and ways mm-hmm. to see the world that mm-hmm. really, when practice, it does end our suffering. It does end and, our suffering. And those teachings come from thousands and thousands yes. of years of knowledge, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I was so grateful to have that wisdom shared with me. And then I share it with others. I use it in my coaching yes. practice and everything I do, and certainly in New World Women. Dawn, do you, uh, do you still practice coaching? Are you still doing some coaching? I know yes. that New World Women is is a is a massive undertaking, but I just wondered: Are you still coaching women? Are you still working in that space? Yes, um, I will always coach because I love yes. it with all my heart. I don't have as many clients as I used to. Mm. I'm very selective about it because of the time issue. But I will always coach because it changed my life. And I'm very happy to be able to witness others as they change and transform into the people, the women that they came here to be. Fantastic. In the last minute, I want to know in a couple of sentences, the big vision for New World Women When you look to the future, tell me what you see, Dawn. I see millions of women around the world living the lives that they came here to live and everyone around them being better as a result of that. And I know we can accomplish this. I know it. I know it in my heart. Oh, I can feel it. I, I, we've had a number of conversations and every time we have a conversation, Dawn, I'm left with absolute belief in, in your vision. And that's the other thing too, Dawn, that, that women's visions can be completely different. Yes. Uh, but totally aligned and collaborative, can't they? Most definitely. In New World Women, we always say collaboration is queen. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. And on that note, um, I'm sure Dawn and I will be doing some more collaboration in the future yes. as I watch on to see what happens with New World Women. Now, audience, don't forget the links to New World Women to connect with Dawn and any of the social media links you need will be in the um, notes that accomplish this show. I want to take a moment to show immense gratitude for Dawn's time today. It's quite late at night for her. Um, Mm -hmm. I absolutely appreciate your time coming on the show today. I know that we'll have to get you back on, particularly Mm -hmm. as we get closer to the launch of New World Women. Just a reminder, audience, that there are um, ways that you 
can invest in New World Women and connect with Dawn and I absolutely encourage you to have a conversation with Dawn and her team about her intent for New World Women. It's an amazing space to play in, a beautiful, supportive uh, space for women across the globe. So this is not just, this is across the globe and help Dawn achieve that bigger vision of changing the world we live in. Dawn Morningstar, thank you so much for coming on the Everyday Business Show. I can't wait till our next conversation. And that, my friends, is your lot for four weeks. I'm so glad that this show with Dawn was the last show before I take a short break from Everyday Business Show. And I'll be back again in July with more goodness. Um, Dawn Morningstar, thank you so much. Thank you, dear one. And thank you for everything you do in the world. We are grateful to you. Thank you. And that, my friends, is your lot for this week. I will see you for a couple of shows tomorrow and then I'm off on a little bit of a business trip. Dawn, thank you so much. Um, I want you to make sure that everyone connects with Dawn and New World Women and we will see you all back in July. Bye for now. I want to do it to the best of my ability because if I fail, that means I fail for my entire female nation, I call it. <laughs>